Well, welcome to the podcast. Mark is away, presumably returning from the royal wedding. But in his stead, we're tackling a topic that's getting a lot of attention right now, and that is around corporate activism. Companies are getting a lot of pressure from all sides to do the right thing. Now, of course, the open question is, what is the right thing? Um, And thinking about the examples from Bank of America saying they won't support the gun manufacturer Remington, or the social media pressure put on airline companies in relation to the NRA conference. To talk to us today about this topic is Allison Taylor, Managing Director of Sustainability Management at Business for Social Responsibility and Adjunct Professor at Fordham Law School. Allison has a new article on Quartz entitled, Why the New CEO Activism is Bad for Everybody. Allison, welcome. Hi, good afternoon. So to start, Allison, maybe you can just talk a little bit about what corporate sustainability is. It feels like that's a very hot-button term, but what does that mean in your sector of the world? Sure. So corporate sustainability has been called various things over its life cycle. It really started in the 1960s as a result of growing social concerns about the role of business and the role that business was playing or um, having on the environment and society, and it was called usually corporate social responsibility. The environment and particularly climate change have become more and more um, prominent over the last 10 and 15 years, obviously. And there's also been an increasing focus on sustainability, being able to drive innovation and growth for companies. So it's really, I think, about um, pressure on companies to consider how to grow and survive in the sustainable way, to meet the needs of the present without compromising the needs of the future. And it includes a bucket of social, environmental and governance issues that evolve over time and expand over time. So it would include things like human rights, labor rights, community relations, uh, waste management, also anti-corruption. Most recently, there's a lot of focus on diversity and inclusion um, and economic inequality in particular. But the subject matter tends to change. Mm -hmm. The the overall field is about uh, trying to persuade companies to do more than just prioritize maximizing shareholder value Mm -hmm. and think about societal value as well. So the range of sectors and industries that you work with, for example, this isn't just about sort of the headliners like Facebook or Google. What are the other, like, what is the range of industries that you work with around this, around these different buckets? The different, we work across industries. We work with most large multinationals, um, but the focus tends to be different in different industries. So in consumer goods, for example, food companies, Mm -hmm. this will be all about the supply chain and the agricultural supply chain and food waste and organic food for the consumer. Mm -hmm. In oil and gas and mining, it will be about human rights around the mine site or the oil and gas project. Um, and not polluting the environment. So the issues will vary according to the industry Mm -hmm. and also how um, the company treats 
um, the sustainability feel will vary according to the industry. For some companies, it's more about branding and marketing. Mm -hmm. And for others, it's more about risk management. But this is to say that this is affecting all parts of business. This is not just focused on one sector, for example, that there's going to be a corporate sustainability office in just one particular type of business, for example. No, yeah, effect, it affects the whole private sector. Mm -hmm. And an interesting trend, I think, over, well, since Trump got elected, really, is that this um, issue has become more and more prominent in the U.S. And that's partly because as the corollary of, of, of Trump's promised cuts to regulation of business, we're seeing much more socially responsible activism, viral Twitter campaigns, mm. pressuring business to take stances on everything from immigration to gay rights to women's empowerment to climate. And so this is really changing the risk landscape for companies because they no longer only have to think about the legal and regulatory environment. They have to think about social and media pressure. And that's not new, but it's become supercharged over the last right. year and a half and much, much more politicized. Oh, so, so much to talk about. So one of the um, one of the numbers that you cite in your article is that 60 percent of consumers want CEOs to take the lead on social change. But are CEOs really caught between a rock and a hard place? Meaning, uh, depending on where I'm sitting, what state I'm sitting in, doesn't that change that perspective on ter in terms of what is a right decision or what is a wrong decision for a CEO to make? Absolutely. I mean, I think this trend has generally actually been welcomed by the media and, and as the statistic you cite um, proves there's a sense also that the public really want business to take a stand mm -hmm. so I think that's likely the consequence of political dysfunction and people really losing faith in the political process but yeah absolutely I think this puts companies in reality um, in front of a series of quite unenviable choices. So they have to decide whether to take a position that will effectively align with liberals or conservatives, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that will have... Um, you know, that will have consequences. There was an article in Bloomberg last week sort of saying as a result of banks taking this more aggressive position on uh, gun control, we're ultimately going to end up with red banks and blue banks mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and consumers really choosing um, what companies they, they um, use and work with on the basis of political affiliations. And that's not the only concern. I mean, I think the clients and companies that I speak to are very often just trying to prioritize they want to do the right thing mm -hmm. but if you're a consumer company you are getting hit up and asked to take a position and do something about a giant list of issues mm -hmm. you can't do everything mm -hmm. um, and there has to be some way of prioritizing and making sure this is relevant to your business and I think in particular that your employees care about these issues. So where's the pressure coming from is it coming from social media is it coming from stock uh, stockholders where is that pressure coming from is it or is it just out there and CEOs feel like they have to respond? I think it's partly the media. I think it's partly the rise of very well-funded activist groups who are not just um, taking going on Twitter and um, launching viral kind of hashtag campaigns, but they're um, taking proxy shareholder positions. They're using uh, shareholder 
voting to try and kind of drive companies to change. And I think the bigger and more interesting dynamic, though the consumer sentiment is certainly a big part of it, but is the way that the investor community mm-hmm. has really glommed onto this. So uh, the CEO of BlackRock, the largest asset manager in the world, wrote a letter in January saying he's no longer just looking for companies to maximize shareholder value, mm-hmm. but also prove that they are having some long-term value to society. And mm-hmm. Warren Buffett, other prominent investors, also pushing for this more long-term thinking and a, a move away from this sort of obsession with quarterly reporting. So a lot going on in the investment community mm-hmm. around this, partly because there's a business case. There's actually quite a lot of evidence that companies that prioritize these issues do better financially over the long term. Well, I guess that was my my sort of bottom line question, is that the companies may not be doing this for the good, you know, community-minded spirit that we're thinking of on the consumer side, but it has to be sort of a bottom line issue, right? Their balance sheet shows that movement in a particular direction helps them. Yeah, exactly. And and that's now being treated with some suspicion that people are only companies are only doing this for self serving reasons. Mm-hmm. But actually it's very interesting because there's a, a concept in the sustainability field called shared value mm-hmm. that was uh, came up in about two thousand and six and really is a response to the feeling that companies were just doing philanthropic kind of charity stuff that bore no relation to their business. So mm-hmm. there emerged this idea that you should do so you should do uh, sustainable and socially responsible things that are business relevant and that both um, bring value to society and to your shareholders, so you're you're creating shared value. Mm -hmm. And that's been a kind of win-win dominant narrative in this field for a long time, and companies have really run with this. It sounds fantastic. And now, really, the public and activists are turning around and saying, well, that sounds incredibly self-serving, and you really just need to do the right thing, Mm -hmm. regardless of what it does for your bottom line. So a bit of a sense that you you, you kind of can't win either way. Um, And then I think even more of a sense that it's it's very easy to sit as a, a critic and say, just do the right thing. But um, actually, in reality, what the right thing is, is harder to determine than it looks. Um, There may be some areas it's simple. In many, many, it's extremely complicated. From your perspective, what are the long-term implications of this? I mean, if we pull on this thread just a little bit further, and we sort of have, as you mentioned, the red banks and the blue banks, what, I mean, there are longer-term implications for this. What what are some of the, some of those that you, um, that you would predict might, might occur? Well, I mean, I think there are huge questions about the future of interaction between the political and business realm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think in the short to medium term, what you will see is a lot more public pressure on what companies are doing on things like tax avoidance and lobbying. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Michael Cohen uh, issue in the last few weeks has sort of really given uh, people a very clear view into how companies are interacting with political officials to try to get access and influence, and it's not gone down very well. So I think in the short to medium term, you'll see a lot more pressure around political relationships, lobbying, Mm -hmm. donations, um, that kind of thing. Um, The bigger picture question is, um, you know, is our democracy in crisis? Mm -hmm. And therefore, what is an appropriate role of business, given that there is remarkably little uh, constructive political action on things like 
activism or data privacy, data ownership, um, and at least in the US at the moment, uh, pretty parlous political position also on things like climate change. So there are very interesting debates to be had, and I don't think a really a good operating playbook for how business should interact with the political sphere at the moment. So on this point, and my last question, and you hinted at this before, but what role do you think that the Trump administration has played in sort of ushering this in? I think you're exactly right about the frustration on the part of the consumer, not really knowing where to go, so to put pressure on the business community. But any other, do you think this is a product, I guess, of the of the Trump administration? I think the Trump administration certainly brought this to fruition. I mean, you see this going but the dynamics are different. Mm -hmm. So um, certainly Trump has uh, given birth to a lot of well-funded, democratically aligned activists. I think there's a sort of counterintuitive consequence as well in that you would think business would be on the whole um, welcoming lower regulation and things like the tax cut, and some of them are, but really amazing story yesterday about car manufacturers writing to Trump saying, don't lower these emission standards. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the thing is that regulatory uncertainty and international inconsistency is more of a nightmare for business than uh, high regulation in general. So you're now in this amazing position where industry associations are actually pressuring the government to keep regulations that arguably cost them more. So um, I think what companies are looking for above all is consistency and predictability mm, and that's certainly something you don't have under trump right well thank you so much allison for your expertise and your uh, and your insight into this this is something i feel like the intersection as you've pointed out between politics and business is something that we aren't often talking about and it's such an important part of the political landscape so thank you again for your time and your uh your expertise we will be back with mark next time thank you all for listening thanks so much bye-bye Thank you.